this also goes to Wesley Snipes not being funny. Yeah. And when he's so naturally funny. It's such a, it's so interesting that like, yeah, he, out of all the people in Blade Trinity, with the exception of like, I guess, uh, Patton Oswalt, he is like, in Natasha Leone, he is like the most, uh, nah, you know what, Parker Posey too. There's, a, there's actually mean, a lot of funny people in it. There, There's a lot of good comedic actors in this movie that they give all of like the intentional com. Even Patton Oswalt doesn't really get intentional he gets, commentary. He gets nothing. I think he gets like one line that's supposed or comedy. to be. Yeah, he gets- yeah, he calls her like a hottie and it's just very uncomfortable and kind of greasy. Oh, it sucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. truly like uh, Dark Knight of the Soul for Patton. Like just uh- I think, yeah, I think this entire production made him think twice about you know the universe and that kind of thing yeah so. i guess like yeah i guess it's a i'm glad that he didn't uh become like the tech expert in like 50 shitty movies after. i know like, yeah he it, it's one there. step above when kevin smith was the tech expert in die hard 4 oh you mean his yeah. the fav- everyone's favorite character warlock <laughs> uh, who can forget warlock the, yeah. the tech ex- the tech expert from live free or die hard How- so, somebody <laughs> brought up online that he dedicated clerks to spike lee rick Linklater, jim jarmusch somebody else and cut to you know 30 years later he's just stumping for marvels who doesn't even employ him at this point yeah he's like kind of like stuck he's stuck in tv directing when he's not doing his like weird passion projects like uh the one where he's like an evil sausage nazi oh man yeah it was i remember that movie he did with bruce willis cop out where bruce willis was really mean to him the entire (laughs) way through but then kevin smith was like well he was giving me shit for not knowing lenses it's like well man you've made major product you've made like eight movies that have been released in theaters you might have some level of an idea on freaking lenses man you you should know that like at the level you're at you should know this is your job (laughs) uh he is kevin smith is like the fascinating yeah he's like and he's not like i like clerks uh haven't seen it in like since high school loved it in high school uh Mm -hmm. i don't know but i have a feeling it probably hasn't aged super well but like he is like the just like the perfect example of right place right time just yeah, like, it's really interesting. Linklater talks about that, like, with all those, like, indie movies in the 90s. This almost gets back to one of our previous guests, Winston's conversation about before movies were good. You know, there was a lot that was like, oh, wow, that's cute that they made this. Now it's like anyone can make anything on their iPhone that looks better than Clerks in theory. And, oh, for sure. And edit it in a more, with a more powerful software that's you could download um yeah that's true it's like yeah you look yeah at, so so link later says like slacker would not make sundance today period it's true that is true. he's right he's yeah. he's right even though i think it's still if it came out today i think it like if i saw it and it was just some young person who had done it i'd be like oh that's a cool movie oh yeah totally it'd be interesting like i wouldn't like but it is also like you think about like you know who's the guy who directed C- Trey Edward Schultz? Is he the guy did Christian? Yeah. Like that movie is crazy. It's like, a terrific movie. Yeah, and the, the, the level of talent is like mm-hmm. un. And yeah, when you compare that to like Clerks, like although Clerks is great, like I guess like although Clerks- I have a feeling if you put out a movie like Clerks today that was just like a straight up raunchy 
no budget comedy. Yeah. It maybe. actually might it might uh it might make an impact. Because people like, are actually kind of hungry for something like that. If like what if like the birthday boys had made a movie, like just like a re weird low budget movie or something. I'd like that. I feel like they would like gear towards a more like wet hot American summer, like yeah. jokey, uh, which wouldn't be bad. I would love that. But like I do like the idea of just like situational God. assholes yeah just like, like yeah. jerks yeah just jerks. okay here we go hello and welcome <laughs> to the award-winning podcast the academy academy the show that discovers the absolute undeniable and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actress esteemed career i'm don saunderson i'm patrick remion and if that cold open didn't get you we're hanging out tonight we're just <laughs> a couple guys hanging out you know we um couple things you know we uh had to redo a quick reschedule with our guests for the uh, highly anticipated Boiling Point Demolition Man episode. <laughs> and the other thing, just for shits and gigs, Patrick and I watched Blade Trinity. <laughs> not part of the original schedule, but we had Blade on the mind after last week's episode. And we've seen Blade Trinity and we, we, we felt like, wow, how fortuitous that, you know, it's too bad we're not getting to the next round. But at the same time, we got this opening. And we got we got we got stuff to talk about in a very fascinating movie. Yeah, um, there, there's so in a much fascinating going on. series, <laughs> a truly fascinating trilogy it, of it, films. It's a wild like the evolution and devolution Blade Trinity makes, like how it goes from because we talked about the the original Blade, how that movie was doing stuff that would later be done in the Matrix. Like in some ways, that was almost like a proto Matrixy type film. And it feels like they're just like trying to get all that made. Like they're just they're straight up aping shots from the Matrix. It feels well, like uh, okay, there's a story. This is this maybe this analogy will make oh. sense. Okay, so in the 1960s, the Beatles mm-hmm. and the Beach Boys considered themselves quite to be quite ri- friendly rivals in the advancement of pop rock music. Mm. The Beatles released the Rubber Soul album. Then the Beach Boy, I'm forgive me, folks. This this is I used to do this um, story a lot, like 25 years ago, but I don't remember the details as closely these days. Uh, is this but, when, uh, um, you were working at the record store. Uh, even before that, I wrote a paper in college about how 1966 was the greatest year in the history of recorded music. Oh, but um, so. The Beatles release Rubber Soul. Mm-hmm. Brian Wilson records the Pet Sounds album with the Beach Boys. The Beatles are like, oh shit, wow. The Beatles put out Re- Revolver. Brian Wilson loses his mind <laughs> trying to keep up, <laughs> which with the with the album Smile, which he was oh, going no. for. Smile is the Blade Trinity of pop all-time classic rock music i would say that makes sense oh, no. <laughs> uh, blade breaks the mold it it sets a tone it's like wow this is what like cool action sci-fi you know especially you know considering the movie we're going to talk about next week demolition man yeah like blade only a couple years later is like leaps and bounds in terms of creativity and um action scenes and you know snipes martial arts all that kind of stuff but then the matrix comes out in 99 and it does i'm sure if we we went into it there is probably a massive hangover in action sci-fi movies 
for the next five or six years of trying to figure out how the hell do we even come close oh, to what they did in the matrix you look at like yeah you look at like equilibrium you look at like even like the x-men movies like yeah. they're all wearing those like i like so much leather is attributed to the matrix and you when you rewatch i think a lot of us rewatched the first matrix in anticipation of the new one that oh, came did. out this past december i did too and um it still is like a banger like the storytelling is great like it, the, slaps. it really slaps and it's like it's because it's a good it's like not only is it revolutionary but it's like a really really good movie on top of that and you know by the time you get to play trinity it's like you're in the shadow of that and there's a lot in this movie that I actually enjoyed. Like, I think this was an entertaining movie, but it's also just kind of a confused movie in a variety of ways. Yes. I think there's a lot of fun moments. Um, I feel like there are people, some people are giving it their all. Some people aren't, but you know, it moves at like a steady clip. Like I will it's not say boring. Yeah. I would say I would prefer to watch this movie over a multitude of uh, films we've done for the podcast. Yeah, and I think that this series overall is pretty insane. Like, yes. And I hope that, I'm not hopeful, but I hope that the these reboot that is coming out kind of decides to join in on the spirit of this anything goes vibe of, yeah. of the blade series um or like the, oh will, yeah sorry you go, sorry you go. go ahead go ahead please i was just say the will or just like the, even like the willingness to like just the fact that one of the highest grossing movies of 1998 the leads were wesley snipes and chris christopherson like that's yeah. the teammate those are the two like the two heroes <laughs> there was something beautiful about movies again before this kind of demarcation line of when they got so professionalized in which it was kind of like a th- like let's throw shit at the wall and see what sticks kind of vibe to them well let's get let's let's, let's let these guys give it a try yeah. <laughs> you know? and sometimes it was like yeah sometimes you get the fucking matrix out of that <laughs> you know and then they're you know you name it you know or you got pulp fiction or something like that. Something like, "Whoa, that's this is this is interesting." <laughs> you know, for sure. There's a safety that isn't there in these up until probably probably around like give or take oh two oh three. It yeah. seems I don't know. Maybe a lot of people like to put that demarcation line at um, the first Iron Man. I think that's an, the earlier one makes more sense. Yeah, like, that's um, kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and X Men and Spider Man. Yeah, and the yeah. Raimi Spider Man, and they they things started to get a little cleaner. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, it was also this idea. I mean, like I was just reading about like like the the She Hulk show that's coming out soon here, and it was like this is like this classy Marvel thing. It was like in the early, it was like New World Pictures trying to make one in like 1989. It was just like probably a mess. <laughs> oh, for sure. Or like yeah, or you think of like they're making a new Fantastic Four uh, in the MCU or whatever. They're going to eventually. Well, yeah, but the light years difference between that and the ones that came out in 
the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Or like the Roger Corman or one that was going like... back to the Roger Corman. Yes. <laughs> that was like, yeah. Insane. But also like the idea that the, these properties now are so valuable. And back then it was like Corman could get his hands on yeah. the rights to them. Yeah, Corman could get his hands on fan- the Fantastic Four, like the first huge successful story for Marvel. Yeah, and there's like a, <laughs> there's there's like a Dolph Lundgren Punisher. There there oh, is yeah. this Captain America movie from the early nineties. Um, oh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I rented it when I was a kid. I thought it was great. <laughs> so I, I think isn't the director of that Albert Pune? He might be. It might be. I, yeah. Which is like I want to see that just because like. You know, I want to see how the re- guy who directed Radioactive Dreams <laughs> how he handles. I mean, I, I yeah, and I saw it as a kid, and I thought it was cool. Um, I have a feeling God only knows what my thoughts are if I saw it now. Oh but, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, that was like when those kind of things were so like comic books were not this like you know you didn't see jocks wearing Green Lantern T-shirts, and we'll get to jocks playing Green Lantern. momentarily here (laughs) Um, but before we dive in because like there's there's like this broader thing about this being kind of almost one of the last of like the superhero movies that kind of though jonah hex with um josh brolin is probably like the last superhero movie like slip through and be like with no like oh this is a major thing with the dc property it's like well you know who knows we'll see what happens (laughs) throw it at the wall see what happens yeah, but I mean, like they—they they don't. That's they're too valuable now. Yeah, to be a mess or to like. But I guess like even the Justice League movie was a total mess. Yeah, in its production and that kind of thing. I mean, you know, when Zack Snyder comes out, the good guy. Um, you know something. Yeah, wild, something wild. Say, although I, you know, I I don't. His fans are lunatics, but. I don't know if he's like a bad guy. I don't don't think I I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's like a nice person with some weird uh, beliefs that are filtered through his films. Yeah, he's got weird taste. Yeah, he's a weird man. And he's also like not a superhero head, too, I think. No, I think he likes like the Fountainhead more than he likes superheroes. Yeah. And and that's the vibe I get from. Which is like, you know what? Like, uh, you know, live your life. Hey, man. Well, that's the idea, isn't it? It's the Fountainhead. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first, Fitz. Oh, some some hard hitting literary uh, analysis. uh, In 10th grade, uh, um, I had a teacher that we had to like, we had to pick a book and read it for a class and uh one of them was anthem and i didn't read mm-hmm. that one but i remember there was another kid in the class that was reading the teacher let him read fountainhead and i was like i'm a smart guy i should get to read fountainhead and i like complained to the teacher and was like i should be able to read and i got like 10 pages in the fountainhead and i was like i don't want to do this I, <laughs> one of the one of the dark night soul moments of my life was um i had a great friend who you know, we, we were talking about that, the Fountainhead, and he goes, man, Don, I'm surprised you haven't read that. I think you would be, I thought you of all people would be really into that. And I was mm-hmm. like, what, is, what, what if, what if, what have I done <laughs> to, to give that impression? <laughs> it's, it's funny because like, even like friends of mine that have read the book uh, and are like, that's like they're like yeah the book's bad like it's boring it's a boring yeah. re- it's just not a like even just like on an aesthetic level it's not a it's not a it's a slog yeah it was always kind of like 
the conversation piece on dates. You go back to like a lady's Ooh. house and you're, 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 uh, you know, back in the year when I dated, at least you could make a judgment call on someone based upon their bookshelf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if true. that, I don't know if that exists as much anymore. Uh, um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I guess it, nah, I think it does. I, I, I'm a positive thinker. People read. Oh, I, there was one time <laughs> this girl, she had a copy of David Brooks book. Oh no. And I grabbed it and I literally was like, why do you got this? <laughs> I'm just imagining you like Albert Brooks and mother. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's almost worse than Fountainhead, I think. <laughs> uh yeah. I think yeah. at least like with Fountainhead, that's like at you least... can make an honest mistake with the Fountainhead. Yeah, or like you have David, like... David Brooks, you know what you've gotten into. Ugh, it's like <laughs> you, you just... no, no content. That's all. Oh god, Ugh, I'll, we're I'll... we're going wild on this one, folks. Yeah, we're having we're on one today. Um, <laughs> but what I was going to say is is interesting because after watching this and doing some of the snipes, and I'm thinking about what I like like in acting a lot more because. In our first two seasons, it was pretty like open and door case on kind of the st- legendary status mm-hmm. and skill, even yeah, of our our subjects. And then um, with Leslie Snipes, he, I think he, you know we we think he's real unsung and you know, but he doesn't have the Oscars, he doesn't have the lifetime achievements and all mm. the stuff that Street and Pacino have. But I, I've been, I watched a few movies lately. In addition, to these, I've been thinking about the Snipes ones that I like the best as we kind of get through this first round. And then I've watched some just separate movies lately. Some like, old, like so I watched Fargo, House of Gucci, mm. and Network. Ooh. And what I'm realizing is that I like it big in my performances i really like like a big swing and we're gonna you know this is a little bit of a tease we might be discussing house of gucci in the future Mm. on the show so we won't get too deep into it but i gotta say i was not even i was not bothered by jared leto in fact I celebrated Jared Leto's performance after it was over. It <laughs> he, was... Brought, he brought soul to the character. Paulo was a guy you he was he got shit on. He was a, he was a wonderful was pale a, son. He was a spicy meatball. <laughs> it was so good. It was like uh, I why wasn't Jared Leto cast as Mario? Yeah, and I'm sure he would have gained weight, and he would have done six months of plumbing <laughs> <laughs> just to do the the, the fucking voiceover. Like Jared, you don't have to do that, man. It's like him and Pacino were so. I was like, there's that scene where they're looking for the car in the parking lot, and I told Jen, I was like, in any other movie, this would have been cut. This has nothing to do with the story of this movie. This is just magic of these two over actors yelling at each other about where the Fiat was parked. And so uh, the moments they share, like the one where they're in the house together and. Uh, was it Pacino's just like, I love you, my stupid son. I know you you are a dumbass and you can't help this. I love you. <laughs> like, just this is a beautiful you acceptance. Are not the sh- you are not the chocolate. <laughs> and, I, and then in like network, everyone is yelling at each other doing monologues like all the way through. And in Fargo, like Steve Buscemi's so wild and over the top. It's like it's like these these affectations, but at the same time, it's like 
this wonderful swing. Mm-hmm. And this kind of gets to like our favorite performance. I think it's safe to say in Blade Trinity was um, Parker Posey's. Yeah. Because it is crazy. It's he's ridiculous. Like, he's making choices. And it's like, let's see what happens. I think that's why we like Streep and Pacino so fucking much. Because they're kind of lunatics. But they're committed lunatics. Yes. And with Wesley, something happened. I don't know. We don't know him. Yeah. We'd love to know him. Uh, we don't know him, though. Something happened. And I think it's around Blade. Where he, like, turned it off. Yeah. And I don't know why he turned it off because it's back. You watch Dolomite. You watch Coming to America. It's back. It never left. He's so good in those. Some reason he spent 15 years being this like Batman voiced action guy. And Wesley, man, like, and, but I also wonder because this gets back to like, you know, we'll talk about the third lead of this movie, but how many chances you get in Hollywood to, Mm. to make these wild choices like Pacino got Pacino was allowed to be a crazy person up until today he's crazy in House of Gucci he's wonderful I loved him in House of Gucci he's so yeah he's a he's awesome in it but he's a total lunatic but like I don't know if there's like the expectations of anyone but white dudes are not allowed to go this like the the leash for lack of a better term is much shorter yeah I mean, it does, it does, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, because, like, I think it's very easy to get stuck in, like, certain, um, you know, it's easy to get typecast, and it's way easier to get typecast if you're not a straight white guy. Yeah. I think that's, like, the, I think it's, like, yeah, like, you know, it took a long time for Eddie Murphy to get a dream girl style role. You know what I mean? Or like, or... despite the fact he seems to be have infinite talent. Oh, incredible. Maybe like, yeah, probably one of the most adept uh, com- actors, period. Like just mm-hmm. com- comedic or otherwise. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just, I, I think I agree with you. I think it is just like this. I think Hollywood, um, there's like a lack of imagination uh, yeah. for whatever reason at a certain level. And it's like, yeah. And, it, and, and I can see Wesley Snipes being like, okay, I can't, I don't want to be like Chris Tucker in rush hour. I don't want to go that route. I want to have be treated seriously. I, I don't. Yeah. And I want to be badass. I have black belts. Yeah, exactly. You know? I want to be able to kick like, yeah. And I, like, we love and that. We love that too. Like, yeah. And I mean, like one of the reasons why we chose him for this season is that like he does ride spin kicks, mm-hmm. but he also can do something as like wonderful and funny as white men can't jump. Yeah. Or like, is like crazy and maniacally over the top as Nino Brown in New Jack city. Yeah, <laughs> or he just adds little touches, and we're going to talk about this a lot over the next few months. There's a scene in Boiling Point. Oh yeah, where he enters a room inexplicably, not explained, with a rad jump kick through the door. Never displays this ability again the rest of the movie. But this is what Wesley Snipes for the table. You don't see Al Pacino doing jump kicks through no. doors. Yeah, yeah. Meryl Streep did not do that in The Iron Lady. There was yeah. no point where she. She's it would have been so awesome if she had like he shows her her dead husband shows up in that turban and she just like drop kicks him, <laughs> throws him out a window while he's doing. You're his dead. Weird. You're a ghost. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're out of here, ghost. 
Oh, just a spot of cheese. <laughs> just kicks him when he's dressed like fucking Charlie Chaplin or whatever the fuck he's doing in that I, movie. I do think that that is my least favorite movie that we've watched more than once. I think I think having to watch that movie three or four times ruined me. It, <sighs> it, yeah, like that, that that is probably the, the most like by the third time watching it, I was like this. So, like I can't find I don't, the joy it's, in this it's, anymore. It's, it's 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 such a tough movie because they're trying to humanize Margaret Thatcher. It's it's very interesting. It's um never mind. We've talked we've talked yeah we've talked about it. endlessly <laughs> about the Iron Lady. I mean, we got like, Iron Lady in this movie, Abigail Whistler. That's true, <laughs> and with her uh, inexplicable midriff. <laughs> oh gosh, and like her like. Oh, the poor shots of her, like the close-ups of her face when she's setting up for the fight scenes where you can see the fight choreography crossing her eyes as she's trying to <laughs> have it all memorized. Memor- uh, she's just trying to, okay, I'm supposed to kick here and spin that. Here, like, punch yeah, when- here, yeah. You can see kind of she's like setting up like, okay, this move, this, like, it's like very... God bless her. She tried. Yeah, <laughs> she's tried. You know, she's great in the center. Well, what about that? She's fine um, in the center. So... Blade Trinity. <laughs> and the, all the themes we have just discussed mm-hmm. actually do come up in Blade Trinity. And we'll talk about all of them. Um, oh, I wanted to say one more thing. Um, I was so in love with Stephen Dorff after yeah. Blade. I bought Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre prequel he's in oh, from no. a couple of years ago to watch. Is <laughs> that the one with uh, Finn Jones? I'm not sure. The, I, the Texas has been on my mind quite a bit. I I just watched the new one on Netflix, and I'm oh, yeah. I'm thinking about the entire series pretty heavily right now. But I had never seen this one called Leatherface, which is apparently a whodunit. So it's like a prequel, and it's like all these kids are there, and like which one of these guys is going to be Leatherface? <laughs> so you gotta, I mean, like Leatherface is a pretty unique build. I feel yeah, like that's the yeah, that is an issue. <laughs> With the whodunit quality. Of I guess life. if it's like an origin story, I guess yeah. maybe he like gains weight and like five inches later on. I don't and, know. You know, cannibalism maybe gains some, you know, yeah. pounds and yeah, yeah, super I gigantic. I don't know. Humans, but um, the other white meat. Mm. We yeah, I love we love Stephen Dorff here. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But we're we, we're we're jumping ahead or jumping back in time, depending on where you're at. 2004, Blade Trinity, directed and written by David S. Goyer, who. Um, wrote the other two in the series. Mm-hmm. This is his first um, time directing a film in the series, though. Mm-hmm. Starring Wesley Snipes, Chris Christopherson, Jessica Biel, Ryan Reynolds, Parker Posey, Natasha Lyonne, Dominic Purcell, and of course, WWE Hall of Fame level wrestler Triple H. It's in oh, the mix. Scene <laughs> um, stealer. I... Love this sentence here on Wikipedia. Now, Blade must team up with a band of rogue vampire hunters to save humanity from his most challenging enemy yet, colon, Dracula. <laughs> I read that before we watched this movie and I was like, sounds great. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, of course it's Dracula. Uh, oh my for real. God. Oh, and by the way, sir, I think you're talking these vampire hunters. I believe you mean the Night Stalkers. The Night sir? Stalkers, yes. Um, with, a, with a one Hannibal King? Hannibal, Hannibal King! <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll get there. We will get there. Uh, uh, budget is $65 million. Made $132 million. Um, matched the blade, first Blade's take, but came behind Blade 2 at the box mm. office. Folks, 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. Louder, campier, and more incoherent than its predecessors, Blade Trinity seems content to emphasize style over substance and rehash familiar themes. Um, is that a bad thing? I don't know. Yeah. Ebert, who gave Blade 1 three stars and Blade 2 three and a half stars, gave this one only one and a half. <sighs> he wrote, it lacks the sharp narrative line and crisp comic book clarity of the earlier films. It descends too easily to shapeless fight scenes that are chopped into so many cuts that they lack all um, form or rhythm. So um, this film had a troubling production (laughs) Um, uh, reportedly Wesley Snipes was very unhappy with the film's script and choice of director David S. Goyer despite David S. Goyer um, oh um, there was an original director I don't know who it was interestingly enough Uh, I know who it is it's the the guy who directed Downfall oh really and he chose yes the guy who did the Hitler meme movie he wanted to do that instead of this, and he. Cho- I'm gonna look up his name right now. It's like Oliver Hirsch. Something. Yeah, wow. Oliver Hirschbeigel. So they were maybe going for continuing kind of along with Guillermo del Toro this kind of international tour mm-hmm. um, choice for these. Uh, yeah. Wesley did not like it, so David S. Goyer was selected to replace him which Wesley also protested. (laughs) Um, uh, Snipes reportedly caused difficulty during filming, including frequently refusing to shoot scenes, often often forcing director Goyer to use stand-ins and computer effects to add his character to scenes. Goyer described the making of the film as the most personally and professionally difficult and painful thing I've ever been through. God. Uh, co-star Patton Oswalt, who we did not mention brief a moment ago, uh, alleged that Snipes would spend mo- much of his time smoking marijuana in his trailer <laughs> and became violent with Goyer after accusing him of racism. <laughs> Jesus it has also been alleged that Snipes refused to interact <laughs> with Goyer or his co-stars and would instead communicate with them through his assistance th- or the use of notes. Snipes also allegedly referred to co-star Ryan Reynolds as a cracker on more than one occasion. That's actually very funny. Uh, (laughs) Snipes denied the version of events and said that as an executive producer of the film, he had the authority to make decisions, but that some people had difficulty accepting that. So, um, a wild. And I think that that is actually the tip of the iceberg um, when it comes to this because while it seems from that paragraph that Wesley Snipes behaved incredibly poorly and I think there is probably some validity mm-hmm. to that also it's also very clear that they were trying to fucking replace Blade oh, in this 100%. movie as it was going yeah. um, <laughs> so we're trying to his, replace him with two white people his paranoia about what was going on in his franchise being stolen from him seems valid from the way the film turns out yeah <laughs> especially when like uh, I, I read like an oral history about the original blade and they at one point tried to make blade white yeah like, and didn't they, you say that um chris christopherson also thought this movie sucked 
Yes, he thought it sucked. He hated because what happens is, um, you know, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> Abraham Whistler might not be long for this world in the world of Blade Trinity. And dispatched in a thoughtless, dumb, dumb way that no one reacts to. None of the characters. Whistler has been a key player. Maybe because we watch these movies such close proximity, it's like Whistler's key guy, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> like he was like like him surviving Blade Two is a huge like it's like almost like like yeah, the he, be, he beats Ron Perlman. Yeah, that's incredible. And so like just to have him go through his arc in Blade Two, and, and then just, for him to disappear is crazy. He dispatched so haphazardly. It's like, yeah, they get beaten by, like, normal guys? Like, I know, not like even a, a group of cops led by James Remar. We got to mention James Remar in the <laughs> He's mix. He's great. He's like, we got to find Blade. <laughs> Vampires, <laughs> give me a fucking break, Blade. <laughs> <laughs> we get a load of this guy. Like, but there's, I... like, all sorts of weird, like, Eric Bogosian showing up as the Charlie Rose character, basically. Oh, God. What was his name again? Like, ben- uh, Bentley, Bentley Tittle? <laughs> Um, you can't John Michael us- John Michael Higgins is Doctor Edgar Vance. Uh, his character. There rules. is interesting things in this movie, but <laughs> okay. So as we as we mentioned before, he has so basic plot line in this picture is that Blade and Whistler are still in the mix, taking care of vampires. Simultaneously, though, Parker Posey, who plays Danica Talos, awesome, with her Great. teammates, Caleb K- Keith Rennie, who plays Asher Talos, and of course, Triple H, who plays Jarko Grimwood. <laughs> Fuck. Jarko Grimwood. Bravo. Good. <laughs> I love it. Why not? Um, <laughs> they have traveled to Iraq and uncovered. Oh, Syria. Syria. Pardon me. Pardon me. They've been all over looking for it. Yeah, all over the Also, why are they? It's to continue. It's just it's all baffling. Well, the the baffling, the, there's this incredibly baffling thing. And it's actually brought up in this movie. It's like, OK, so what if the vampires do win and they're out of humans to deal with? Yeah. It, there's an end game. The vampires are not thinking long term. No. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's only like they need to make sure the human like, come on, they they. Oh man, yeah. But yeah. so they 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 uncover a grave and they bring out this monster and it turns out this is this is the damn this is the damn Dracula, Vam- vampire number one Dracula. Yeah, Drake, the Drake um, Dracula, uh, portrayed by uh, Kem- um, you know, personality machine Dominic Purcell. <laughs> yeah, oh man, <laughs> uh, who some of you might remember from Prison Break, like I do. <laughs> yeah, that was he's on the tele. He's television's heat wave from the Flash. Yeah, um, and not the most exciting guy, especially since Parker, Caleb, and Triple H really are carrying the dwarf Donald Loge torch of oh. weird, of weird freaky overacting vampires that I love dearly. those three are so much fun I want a movie just with those three going on weird and vampire adventures. that's initial issue is that yes it would have been just like played one mm-hmm. but these guys were great bad guys yeah just on their own. So do we need to add this kind of muscle-bound guy? I mean, we already had a muscle-bound weirdo. We had Triple H. So we don't need, I don't know, we need a Dracula. Yeah. But Dracula has risen. Dracula is the most powerful vamp. Dracula is a legitimate challenge to Blade. Yeah, um, and uh, well, it's also like a re- 
repri- a reprise of Blade 2, kind of, because like the baddie in Blade 2, he's also sunproof. He's also sunproof, but he can, like, um, go out in public dressed like Chris Angel, mind freak. <laughs> Yeah, he does a lot of mind freaking. Yeah, he does some mind freaking. Um, And there's an interesting subplot too where basically um, the vampires decide to use some viral videos to um, expose Blade. Yes, they're sharing him on an E-bombs world or something. Yeah, they doxed Blade. Yeah, it's on a fucking rotten.com. So the cops are on the Blade and they just think he's a psycho killer. Probably from a police officer's perspective. Correct. There is like a yeah, he does kill a guy in gold blood. Yeah, his only reaction is his damn. And so Whistler plants this seed in his head that like, man, hey Blade, you know, you should get some friends. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you need you some buddies. You can't do this for yourself, Blade. Um, and then the cops show up immediately and bomb Blade's hideout and kill Whistler. Yep. Who, uh, yeah. Goes out giving the finger. To which Blade and forthcoming characters we will introduce eh, shrug their shoulders. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know. So uh, Blade is really up against it and he gets arrested by the cops. And he finds out not only is the chief of police, but the chief psychiatrist for the cops, John Michael Higgins, are familiars who are working for the vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Baddies. But out of nowhere, to rescue Blade is Hannibal King, who is introduced in perhaps the most Ryan Reynolds way possible with the name tag that says, hello, my name is Fuck You. Oh, yeah. Um, we No, we can't confirm or deny that Ryan wrote that bit himself. It, yeah. it, it feels pretty out of his playbook. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we can confirm via Reddit that it's pretty freaking epic. It's yeah, it's 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 you know, is he eating like two sticks of bacon as he's diving through? <laughs> oh, you, you bet your ass he is. Is and he talking about so ninjas? He's he is a vampire hunter who used to be a vampire, and he and Parker Posey once had a thing. And I, I do find it kind of funny that he was her like boy toy for, for a while. Um, <laughs> and he is part of a group entitled the Night stalkers right mm, yes night stalkers sorry yeah don't worry um, don't worry that's a very easy thing because they're they're by far the least memorable portion a, a ragtag group <laughs> of vampire hunters including pat oswald this hedges who is um kind of the tech guy yeah tech ho- nerd horny nerd horny nerd um natasha leone is summerfield <laughs> Who has a daughter, and she's there. Um, Inexplicable character. Inexplicable character. We're we're supposed to kind of care about her. And Natasha does not seem to be all that present in the film at all. Um, And I know that in her personal life, and, you know, thank goodness she's in, seems to be in a much healthier Mm -hmm. place these days. She's wonderful. A great Twitter presence, too, and a big film buff. Um, Yeah, like, you know what? I will say that, like, she, she's not, like, She's definitely not the worst uh, offender uh, mm-hmm. amongst the cast. And no. 
you know what? If I was in the role she was in, I probably would be kind of zoning out too. I would yeah. probably be like, <laughs> she has a daughter, but she's but she seems very young. Um, there's another guy on the team who they give so little to do with. I don't remember. Uh, I think his name is his like name. Lex or something or Lex. It doesn't it, matter. It, it's a real bummer. Um, of course, he's the person of color. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's. He like drove. He was like he drove the getaway car. I think that's the one thing he gets to do really before he's unceremonially, ceremoniously, unceremoniously taken out. And yeah. then, uh, of course, there is Abigail Whistler, who's played by Jessica Beale, who is Whistler's daughter, um, out of wedlock, mind you. Oh, oh, <laughs> actual line of dialogue in the movie. <laughs> Whistler, you can. Whistler is getting. You know, he's going on tour. He's like a roadie for the Stones in the seventies. Yeah, he's a uh, yeah. He's like uh, holding the amps for Vanilla Fudge. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's you think Blade? You think this is tough? You should have gone on a European tour with Iron Butterfly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd uh, I'd fill in vocals for the Flying Burrito Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Went to Stockholm. This is a scene you should check out, Altamont. Oh my okay. <laughs> this is a podcast that we're we're the only two that will laugh at it. Yes. Yeah. So Blade is invited in this team and they go on this event. So they have to stop Dracula, they have to stop Danica, they have to stop Jarko. Um and the gang. Grimwood. Yeah, the gang. Jarko yep. Grimwood. Yeah. I I'm gonna use Jarko Grimwood in an improv show if I ever do one again. <laughs> um, Are you the Jarko Grimwood? It's so nice to be on this date with you, Jarko Grimwood. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking over your resume, Jarko Grimwood. <laughs> That's all you need. That's literally all you need. That's improv. That was what we learned at UCB. Yep. Um, but yeah, so they go on this adventure, and it's kind of becomes this like three-hander among the heroes between Blade, Abigail Whistler, and Hannibal King. And slowly but surely, Blade is kind of... Um, he gets some nice moments, but he gets kind of sidelined. Yeah. For these two. He gets like like I think like the big moment I think of is when he's like it's he gets to like chase uh Drake through an apartment complex. Which is good I good scene, I thought. Yeah, no, it's a fun mm-hmm. scene. Although I do love that Drake is like, I am a man of honor. And by the way, he has a baby in his hand. They're by the top of a building. He's like, I'm a man of honor and I live by the sword. Immediately throws baby. Yeah. <laughs> that blade has to catch. Dracula <laughs> is not the most considered character in the yeah, movie. And Dominic not... and like Parker Posey at least is like, fine, I'm a I'm a vampire vixen. I can play with that. Oh yeah, no, it's ridiculous. At one point she's like sitting on like a table, like when she's... Stefani and no doubt. Yeah, she's vamping. Literally vamping yeah. um, the Real. entire the entire picture, and it's wonderful. She's just terrific. And I mean, to get back to it, like like this element of having fun, and I think that kind of brings us to Hannibal King and Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah. And I think what I was thinking about with him is that like his kind of comedy that he does is like the kind of comedy that like people are like we're really having fun this is really funny but it isn't because you're laughing you're like stating that it's funny does that make sense yeah no it's very like uh this is a joke like it's very well it's it's like the most 
thinly veiled sarcasm to the point that it's like not even like like no. I don't know. I was trying to like the so like my two least favorite styles of comedy are kind of the self-aware meta. Yeah. Like isn't this stupid what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Like he is like the current um like world champion. Oh yeah, like Deadpool. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it reminds me of when we used to do improv, and people would like introduce a scene with like, "Can you believe how expensive classes are at UCB?" Oh, you know what God. I'm talking about? Fuck off! I hate that. I, I hate know what you're it. like, or like, yeah, like something that's like, "Oh, Matt Besser, am I right?" Or like, yeah, whatever. It's whatever. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a very like clubby. I, I, yeah, it's very much. I agree with you that it's a hundred percent like insular comedy it's very like uh and it's also slogany i think it's like very slogan i feel like a lot of like the thing like i feel like when ryan reynolds delivers lines he probably thinks in his head like oh this would be good on a t-shirt yeah and it's really interesting like i watched that movie he was in red notice with him and the rock and Mm -hmm. gal gadot who all kind of dabble in the same thing Mm -hmm. and that's probably why the movie was popular because they are popular but probably also why i did not um love it um yeah i mean and to be fair like i think ryan reynolds does have like he's a talent i think he's a talented guy yeah, like, he's uh, clearly like a, he's a total fucking hunk so I, yeah that's, I mean, and like i like uh like mississippi grind he's solid he, in and that like movie. do you ever see buried uh no i have but i've heard he's buried good. is pretty cool buried yeah. is pretty cool um so i think like i think it's just like um there's like this like I think people just really respond to Deadpool, and then the more importantly, they respond to it on the internet, which and, and on social media, which all the fucking film producer heads are, are on or whatever. Yeah. And so I think there's like this like echo chamber of like we need more epic uh, Ryan Reynolds doing silly shit. The craziest thing in like Rad Notice too, he does like five lines where like this is just like that scene in Pulp Fiction, or this is just like that scene in the Major, like, and you're like do jokes that are contained within the story don't like reference like yeah that's just like a family guy episode all of a sudden yeah and i mean and that just might be like my taste mm-hmm. in humor but um it it, it kind of drives me nuts no that's totally fair and i think that like like deadpool like i didn't like hate it that much like i think it does have some funny moments but i think the secret to that film's success is that he's like delivering so many jokes like it's like 20 jokes like it's like a joke a second almost so he can miss on 17 but if he hits on three oh yeah you're good you're fine because he's going so fast exactly and i think like the problem with his character in this movie is he's going at like an eighth of the speed of like deadpool and so you're like Man, like that clunked. So now we're gonna have to wait like another two minutes for the next joke, and we have to yeah. pray that something works. And in this one, Blade is particularly humorless. Oh yeah, he's which like doesn't help. Batman. Yeah, he does. He has yeah. a Batman voice now. But I, I did want to say the other type of humor that I don't like is like all the jokes in Demolition Man are the. Can you believe people used to do this in the past? <laughs> kind of jokes yeah, like kind of suck like that's like a... <laughs> phones with cords get out of here that can't be real <laughs> yeah although i see i like it when demolition man goes the other way and it's like you don't know how to use the three seashells that in like i think like 
we'll talk about it next week, but this is what makes Sandra Bullock such a talented comedic actor. She sells the shit out of all those lines and they don't feel, they feel like a part of this like story that her character is like reacting in real time in this like charming, stupid way. She, yeah, she, she is able to take the mess that is uh, Demolition Man and craft something that feels weirdly authentic in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, <laughs> she's like really trying to put together a good, fun comedic action performance in the face of the ego shitstorm of, <laughs> of Demolition Man. Oh, God, yeah. Like, which we'll talk about next week. Oh, yeah. But on the flip side of that is Jessica Biel as Abigail Whistler, who isn't given much. No. Her, ide- her, her basic identity in the picture is that she's supposed to be badass and supposed to show off her abs. Those seem to be her two personality traits. Yeah, like there is like a fun scene where like um, <clears throat> you get introduced to her. She's like in the, you know, the L.A. Um, like train subway station or whatever and like you know your 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 classic group of movie toughs come to hassle her Mm. they think she's gonna be like a pushover and And they're young vampire toughs on top of that oh yeah yeah they're just a couple of lost boys yeah uh, yeah very lost boys oh super lost very lost boy very near dark these guys um and it's so funny i love like sometimes in these movies i can't help but pay, pay attention to like the little like like the the weird like prop choices like it appears that like she has a baguette and then like a huge thing of celery with just oh, a giant sauce stock my, was, michael like, oh, my, michael 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 <laughs> oh what a bread michael. oh oh what a bread oh what a bread i could not help oh what a bread she must have gone to the the, the clayton Clayton's Michael Wilkinson store. Tom yeah, the, Clayton. <laughs> Tom Clayton, Michael Wilkinson's bread. <laughs> Would only but a goodie. From, yeah. if, if, new listeners, go back, listen to some of the older eps. You might Deep get done. a taste taste of our our, our fascination <laughs> with the gigantic amount of baguettes Tom Wilkinson has bought in Michael Clayton. Is it uh, because he's having a breakdown, or is it because he really likes baguettes? The I world will never know. He's just passionate about bread. Michael, Michael, Michael. <laughs> try this bread. Come on. Michael, you gotta try this bread. <laughs> <laughs> they blew up my Mercedes. You gotta try this bread. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, she does like, she gets a cool scene and she gets a lot of like fights and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. much like Ryan Reynolds, it feels like they're like trying these two out. Like, are these two yeah. stars? It- are they like are they more than like is she more than the CW? Is he more than being the wise ass? Is he more than know? Van Wilder or whatever? Is he more than Van Wilder? Yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, that's like, yeah, it does. It totally does feel like a, um, it totally does feel like a uh, tryout for the big leagues. And a tryout to take over the Blade franchise from Wesley Snipes. God, yeah, for real. <laughs> and it's just brutal. And I was thinking about this too. It's like, so Ryan Reynolds from you know he was on two guys i first saw him on that show two guys in a pizza girl in a pizza parlor i don't know if you remember that it was like a sitcom he was on on abc and it was kind of his like the first, and i was like oh this guy seems he's got kind of a um spark mm-hmm. to him and then he did van wilder which he probably did some stuff before that but i'm um, van wilder is um you know i guess we could you could always take a look at his Boy, he's like diversified, man. He bought like a soccer team with Mac from Sunny in Philadelphia. 
no way yeah he's like so rich (laughs) he's like yeah just like wildly rich come on Uh, guys i can say it flies now yeah he did a handful of movies but um van wilder really stuck out and this was like two years after van wilder was blade trinity if you can believe it Hmm. so and then he did the um you know, the year after that, in 05, Amityville Horror, Waiting, and Just Friends. Oh, I remember Just Friends. Uh, so a couple, like, Waiting and Just Friends, like, right down the middle of the plate for him. Mm-hmm. And Amityville Horror, he plays, like, a husband who has lost his mind. It's like a straight-up oh. horror movie. And then, you know, he did Smoke and Aces after that. And they just kept putting him in stuff. You know, he did Deadpool for the first time in 09 in X-Men Origins. Oh, Wolverine. God, yeah. What a bad movie. Yeah, yeah, and then by 2011, he was in The Change-Up and Green Lantern. 2012, he was in Safe House with Denzel Washington. And it it took, so Blade Trinity came out in 2004. 2016 was when Deadpool came out. Mm. And he had done all this stuff where they kept trying him to be like a megastar. Have they done that with a person of color or a woman? Where they, like they give him 12 years to just like to yeah. be a mega like no this hunk is gonna make it he's and he did because he you know they just hadn't found like the right fit for him but how many people get that many tries at the right fit oh it's like yeah it's like the same thing like i remember there was like an article about army hammer that covered this same subject where like it's like yeah a lot of these guys get to for whatever reason try over and over again and you're hard pressed to find uh, people because, like, even like you think of like Chow Yun Fat, for example, who's a huge star, but like, or Jackie Chan, who took forever. Oh, hugely took forever. But like with Chow Yun Fat, like he got like one shot, like an American in American cinema. Like he did Bulletproof Monk, and then like mm-hmm. I don't think he like appeared in any American films for like, I mean, like a, a couple things. But he was even in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which was one of the most successful international pictures yeah. of all time. And he couldn't make the transition, it which sucks. It's like yeah, and they or they didn't give him the opportunity because it's it's like you know not everyone's you know it's it's like how Seinfeld needed the season to like get out the kinks right. Like I think sometimes maybe you have to like let like. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah, it is yeah. kind of just grim. It's grim to think it's, about. Yeah, I mean, I know that there's only I don't know, I'm not gonna make excuses. Yeah. For the for the for the, for fucking Hollywood. No, but, um, but but it's it is it is interesting because I mean it's it's not that he's like an untalented guy or like it didn't work hard or whatever. I, I have a feeling he probably did in all those things. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. by all accounts I haven't heard a bad thing about him. In he terms of being fine. a dick or anything like yeah. that. Like, I'll never forget. I saw when he got his star in the Walk of Fame, he had his two kids with him as he was leaning over to look at it. And he had this look on his face of like the harried father. And I was like, celebrities, they are just like us. Because I understand <laughs> that completely. It's like holding these two kids while you're trying to do something. You're like, what? how the hell am I going to do this? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, they're, sure. they're squirming their asses off and they don't want to be there. I, you know, and I saw the look on his face of being like, boy, this is, uh... but you know, he gets to go home to zillion dollars. But yeah, and he's done like, I mean, the guy, like, you know, he said he bought a soccer team. He owns this like 
fabulously successful gin company. He's apparently on the board of Match.com. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, he took the, like, he owns, like, a advertising agency. Like, he... He seems pretty merc- merc- uh, mercutial. He, he seems to have taken the ball and run with with all of his success. Um, but, you know, he's a Canadian guy from Vancouver, so it can't be all that bad. Yeah. But it is, and I don't, you know, he's a product of the system. It isn't that he created the system where he got. Oh, yeah, no, it's not his fault. I'm not, you yeah, know, we're not, 14, yeah. 14 years of chances to become a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> and it is like, yeah, and like, I can also imagine from his perspective that it probably was also like annoying to be like on the cusp and never quite. It's kind of like when you're talking about the Bradley Cooper thing. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm just going to be the I'm always going to be the sixth guy or whatever. I get I would bet that he Hmm. would be upset that he doesn't have Bradley Cooper's cachet as like a guy who gets nominated for shit. Yeah, there is like a part of yeah, I bet there's a part of him that's like. I could have gotten nominated for Deadpool or like, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I, you know, and it's like, there's always, because you don't get this successful without some level of ambition and always seeing the ceiling mm-hmm. above you yeah. and feel like very few truly successful people are not also like competitive. Yeah. People. You need, you need that insanity uh, throbbing within you. <laughs> like, you yeah. Need that, yeah. The desire to climb and keep climbing. Uh at whatever cost but also is that like frankly like do you even feel like you have those opportunities is that a white privilege thing to begin with oh for sure probably you know? like i think like to a certain degree like it well it's like do other people feel like oh i should just buy this gin company <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah like he, the, i think like the thing is he gets to start at like second base or third base compared to like you know uh other people that have to like you know Aren't even on the ball field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, initially. even like somebody like you know Snipes, who's doing supporting roles the first six years, six to ten years of his career. I mean, we highlighted a movie like Major League. Mm-hmm. He's not Tom Berenger. He's not Charlie Sheen in that movie. You know, he gets his moments, but he probably should be. It'd be wonderful to play Wild Thing. Man, yeah, that would have been like sick. Just like yeah, had, or, or if he... they just made Willie Mays Hayes have more agency. Yeah, or 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 if like yeah, because when you said Tom Berenger, I just immediately imagined uh, Wesley Snipes starring in Fear City, and how insanely different that movie would be, and how cool that would have been. But we, I mean, we talked about him and like, what if he had been in one of the Oceans movies? Yeah, you know what if you know or anything like you know anything like that where he's like pretty built for this kind of thing. And I, I mean, this production, it sounds like it sounds like he was difficult yes regardless of terrible hollywood politics um it sounds like he was difficult on top of that which creates a true shitstorm (laughs) all things considered yeah it's a remarkable that this movie is watchable frankly after all that it is like a tiny miracle that they were able to uh salvage like something legible (laughs) Mm -hmm. but one thing too i noticed too is that he seems um He's doing a deeper voice in this one. He just—he's got you know, folks, ladies and gentlemen. He's got no shirt off scene in this movie. I think he's got a little extra pounds on him. Oh. 
uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds gets all the shirts off scenes. That is true. In this movie, Jessica Biel practically gets all the shirts off scenes in this movie. You know, and like he's got these young white kids who've shown up jacked, looking as uh, good as they ever did. Yeah. And you know, and he's kind of stuck in like Under Armour and leather jackets. Yeah, he's doing like kind of like the Charles Bronson in Death Wish Three. There, yeah, and. It's unfortunate because he's not that, you know, he's what? When did this drop? 2004. Yeah. Wesley was born in 62. So he's not that old. He's 42? 42, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still, that's peak shit. Yeah, for real. Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling are like that old right now. And they're like at their peak shit. That's disgusting. I hate that. <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I, I truly hate that. <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate because I think that there is this element where he got, you know, and it wasn't that far after this that he ended up in kind of the directed DVD realm. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, even worse, federal penitentiary. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. It's it stinks because like we the early movies have really struck a chord with me. Yeah, that we've watched, and the further along in his career, he gets more serious. He gets more grim. He turns down his quirkiness. That kind of makes him this wild card. Yeah, that makes all of his earlier movies. Yeah, like it's like he's he loses like kind of what makes him like stand out. A little bit yeah which is a bummer it kind of reminds me of when will smith had a phase like that too where like he started like acting in movies where he was just kind of like grim and sad all the time like hancock i think is like one of them or like where just like he didn't like what's fun about will smith is he's like but it's I mean, like he's so charismatic but I mean, there's like like i always wanted um i still it's hell still it's it's still possible i thought tom hanks should play Seth Rogen's dad in like a Judd Apatow movie and let Tom Hanks like really let his comedic flag fly. That would, and he, he was he, in he's, so, he's so funny. Yeah. Like he, all through the eighties, he did comedies. Yeah. And like raunchy ones too yeah. sometimes. Like bachelor party and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it, it is like, yeah, it sucks that he is like America's dad or whatever, like or America's grandpa now. Probably like he's he's kind of like in Sully mode permanently. I, I, I have a, I have a I have a Tom, if you're listening, I have a pitch for you. I do actually have a story. I'm not going to say it because I don't want anyone to take it. But um, I have a story uh, for Tom Hanks. You would. And, I, and I'm going to say you would have made a wonderful bad grandpa, sir. Yeah. Or like. I mean, I don't know if he's ready for grandpa yet, but I think he, like near do well dad. Yeah, mean or, uncle. Not mean. Uh, well, bad just uncle. like I'd like to see him be funny again yeah. in the same. But like, obviously, funny does not win you Academy Awards. Yeah. Um. You know, that's a conversation. That's but a bigger like, conversation but, if it should or not. But like, it probably know, should. I mean, comedy is very, very hard, and there have been some amazing. Comedic. Oh, speaking of comedic performances, this was the comparison. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds has based his entire career on being hunky Peter Venkman. Wow. How about that? Yeah, he is like hunky. That is like a great. Yeah, that's like, yeah. that's it. Except he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> but like Bill Murray, he like yeah. doesn't. 
because Bill Murray seems like he's anti-authority when yeah. he does it. Ryan Reynolds seems like he's a fucking jock because he's too good looking. Well, it's like, I think like with Bill Murray, there's like that fuck you is so yeah. much more clear because with Ryan, he always has like this lilt and it's like, aren't well, it's I a like, little stinker? I, I'm a aren't... stinker, but I'm still going to go play golf with you after this. Yeah. Oh God. It's like, yeah, that, and like, look. And Bill fine. Murray's like, I'm going to blow up the golf course after I yeah, say this. Exactly. I mean, I need, <laughs> you to, get the, I need to get that damn uh, that, groundhog. That, that, that go, the, the, the great big gobs of greasy grimy gopher guts <laughs> oh man i've never seen caddyshack that's a i have uh, every line of caddyshack memorized so if you <laughs> wanted <laughs> oh man i'm trying to think if i have a movie of every line maybe like there was probably like a time where i had every line of mystery men mm. uh memorized i feel like i watched that movie or galaxy quest that's what, I mean, that was another one we've talked about like the the original Saturday Night live cast their movies that they were in mm-hmm. in like the 80s were such like peak Saunderson household movies and they were all like major people <laughs> in our household like uh, Bill Murray, Aykroyd, Chevy just down the line with like we love them so much. So funny that's so great I'm trying to think of like I feel like it might we just didn't have like like my parents like loved movies and stuff but it wasn't like as like um I don't think we just had as allegiances to uh to actors as much <laughs> Yeah, we like, like, I mean, I, you know, I've shared it, like, we, there's this, I think it was Channel 11, mm-hmm. they play a movie at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. every night. This was before, for kids, this was before uh, streaming or anything like that. So it's like, whoa, summer school's going to be on? <laughs> yes, I'm taping this. <laughs> like, yeah. That, this, this sounds like a hell of a picture. You know, and speaking of uh, yeah, exactly. Meatballs. Uh, no, and then it was like Chevy Chase in. Yes, I would like to watch this movie. It was kind of the attitude. Uh, you know, Funny Farm. Yes. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, how did he get that egg on his face? Yeah, that's a yeah. movie I'd seen that uh, poster a million times. Haven't seen it. We rented Summer School the other day with Mark Harmon. Oh, nice. And it was it was a blast. It was a true blast. Mark Harmon's fun. It's the I, um, Carl Reiner directed it. Oh, really? <laughs> Very wild. And That's... he also directed Summer Rental with John Candy. So he did two summer-related um, comedy movies. In the That's so fast. That feels like there's a part of me that wants to say like feels a little below him, but I might be totally like maybe he was like. And it sounds like they're good movies. So like, who I don't know. I mean, yeah. they're like '80s comedies, but like, there's like a kind of like a there's like this like. Yes, a lot of times they can get their raunchiness converge on attitudes and mm-hmm. jokes that are not have not held stood oh, the test of time. For sure, for sure. Um, but there's like this like innocence to them at the same time, where it's just like, no, well, why not? It's a comedy. It's we're at a beach. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I honestly trust like Carl. Like you watch, like I feel like the jerk holds up really well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, like, like that's a like an all-time one yeah and just it, you know i think though he had steve like there's you know, god bless mark Harmon, <laughs> steve martin at his peak <laughs> it's a big difference oh yeah like like, here's like, a run from, like his run from like the jerk to all of me is like they're all bangers yeah he's like he's so funny he's so weird and he's like such an interesting but another guy he's kind of gotten <sighs> a little serious yeah, and that's just because he's old. Although, like, isn't murder 
like the one with Martin Short, isn't that like a fun Hulu series? Um, supposedly, I did, we didn't really. I mean, you know, yeah. me, I had me in TV shows. I don't know, but I feel like Mar- I Marty it. Short though, he's still a total goofball. Oh, and, he rules. Yeah, he's very absolutely brilliant in hair advice. Yep, I, um, I will watch clips of Jiminy Glick on YouTube to cheer myself up sometimes. <laughs> he's he's really he's really he's a very funny guy. I think he's. Kind of, I wish that like. If I could go back in time and change like one movie thing, saying movie thing, so I don't get a bunch of people being like, "Why didn't you stop 9-11? Uh, <laughs> if hey. I was, hey, 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 it's me, and it's me and Ted were, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I wasn't there with Ted. I wasn't there with Mark Wahlberg and Ted. I think that was the, the, that just very last week that that Ted joke you told was um <laughs> maybe the best joke we've heard on the show. <laughs> very good timing. We were all. I saw it on Winston's face. We were like, mm, "Good job, Patrick." <laughs> Really, it's, really knocked that one out. Uh, it is like the funniest thing ever. The idea of like Mark Wahlberg thinking like, oh, I love it. oh, it's, it's so God great. bless him. He rules. It rules. It's it like, is so wild. We need we need at least one celebrity who thinks they, they, he could have they moved. Um, they moved Father Stu to like Easter weekend. By the way, so get ready. Oh. Father <laughs> Stu is going to be a sensation. <laughs> get your white collars, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there. Father Stew heads. Couple, couple of Father Stew heads right oh, here. Man. You heard it here first. I'd do a bonus episode about Father Stew if you oh, want. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. It'd be a nice um, surprise. But yeah, late. Yeah. Um, okay, we're back. We're back. Oh, I wanted to just say really quickly, like, um, if I could go back, uh, I would give Martin Short Mike Myers' his career. Like, uh, I would. Yeah. As much as I, as much as I like, uh, you know, Austin Powers is fun, and I think Mike Myers is funny. I just think that Martin Short has like similar; they have similar vibes, but I think Martin Short is like funnier. I think he like does more, and he and he d- takes more weird risks. I think Mike Myers is like much more broad. Mike Myers is also much more like I think he um, intellectualizes his comedy, like weirdly enough for how stupid oh, it is. You know what? Like he's he's too intense about it, whereas Martin Short is like so light. Yeah. It's, he's like Rivers Cuomo. That's what Mike Myers is like. In the way that Rivers Cuomo is like That's a good way to put it. I have, yeah. I'm gonna mathematically create a song that will work. And like the song will be like the dumbest fucking like it'll be like, you know, called like the gravy train or whatever. Yeah. The lyrics will make, but like but like mathematically it makes sense. That's what he is with comedy, perhaps. And and it's it's doesn't really work. Although we were we were digging around on Amazon the other day for a movie to watch, and Jen goes, "Can we find one that's like Soy Married an Axe Murderer?" See, that's and the, I yeah. looked at her. I go, "There is no other movie like Soy. It's perfect. It's its own singular thing." <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the exception that it's like the it's like you ah, that's like the fork in the road. Had like so Married an Axe Murderer murderer been a but huge it hit? Wasn't successful. It's his only one that wasn't successful prior to like the love guru but like his austin power stuff his wayne's world stuff oh, like so, his yeah. like character based stuff was so big yeah and i like wayne's world a lot I wayne's world's like, really funny yeah that one still holds up in my opinion austin powers i watched those recently and they're like they're fine i guess like, there's gonna be another one i guarantee it they're gonna <sighs> do another one let them die let them fucking just... no nothing no, there's no nothing ends anymore uh it's like so like uh, like that Boba Fett show. There's like an episode of it, right, where they they bring back Luke Skywalker, but it's a total. They've not only have they CGI'd young Luke. It's not Mark Hamill in any way, shape, or form. It's a CGI, but they've also 
used like ILM to recreate his voice. And it's the most, it's so grim. The well, thought it's, of like. It's metaverse bullshit. Now we're going way far into it. But it is this idea of like, oh, we'll just put you with your favorite friends. Mm-hmm. They're never going to go away and they'll just keep having adventures. Like the rewatch of a television, like when TV shows were on in the 80s, if you missed it, guess what? That's it. Yeah. Is it? It may have, it may never have. I taped Seinfeld every week. I had multiple tapes. So I had the episodes. Oh, I did that with Lost. I, I would tape Lost every, and there were episodes of Lost I missed, and I would be get so mad. I was like, no. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, fun, but it was more fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, like having it be kind of like the fact that it was like grains of sand that would, could go through your fingers. Like that. But no, it was like, when I was talking about taping those movies off TV, if I didn't tape it, when are they going to play Three Men and a Baby again? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, it's a, and what a great surprise. It's kind of like finding a $20 bill or something in your car, like when you're cleaning it out. It's like, oh, yeah. wow. Like, who do you? But like, I think it's just like for me about the, like the Luke Skywalker and that show being a total fabrication. Like it just, it's so, like, it seems like movies where there's no actors and it's all just CGI metaverse. Like, ugh, just like, I feel like that's like, it was like even like this new Texas Chainsaw Massacre we saw in the credits. It was like filmed in Bulgaria. Oh, that's weird. And it's just like, what is this anymore? Because like half the like glory of the original Texas movies was like this weird. Oh, they're clearly in Texas. Yeah, and like Texas is a very specific. I mean, maybe there's parts of Bulgaria that look like Texas. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it's like. And, but the thing about it is, is for as dopey as Blade Trinity is, and for how disappointing it is that Blade gets sidelined and Wesley seems a little out of it, and there's too much Beale and Reynolds and Whistler dies. Yeah. Um, it's fun and it's weird. Mm-hmm. And it's now Blade is going to just be part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. He's, and gonna... he's not going to stick out. He's just going to be another infinity gauntlet man or whatever fuck it is i think he they like had like he was in the uh his voice was heard in like the stinger like that post credit scene for the eternals and like it's gonna be like him and like like black knight or something like it's like a deep cut like he's not even gonna be the lead of the first movie he's in i think which is kind of lame yeah it's just and then also just like, eh, who? It's just so it, like, go on Amazon. I saw it was relatively cheap. You can buy all three of the blades in one Blu-ray set. Yeah. Enjoy them all. They're weird. Um, I don't think that this movie should have been anywhere near our tournament. No. This Blade Trinity yeah. performance wise. It's the Nadir for Wesley in the series. It's Partially to him, partially not. Yeah. Um, um, I'd say more fun than Undisputed. Yeah, I mean, there are... <laughs> yeah, there are some Comparable fun... vibes, actually, in both these movies. Yeah, that is... Yeah, oh, God, yeah. I feel like Wesley Snipes has very similar energy in Undisputed. It is like... Uh... And he's surrounded by lunatics. <laughs> for the yeah. most part. And he gets... And again, I mean... This shit does not happen to Streep and it does not happen to Pacino where it's like you put them in an ensemble and they get lost. Yeah. Like in ensembles, they actually shine even harder. 
For real. Yeah. I mean, you look at House of Gucci with Pacino or Little Women with uh, Streep. Yeah. For, for... As recent examples. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Pacino. Oh, yeah. He's so good in that intro. Like, he's yeah. so, yeah, for sure. And what yeah, a picture. And, and... <laughs> what a picture. <laughs> what a bread. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it is just kind of a bummer that uh, he kind of is muted it, yeah. it's like it's most and he gets maybe like one or two like fun line reads or like you know he'll like point out like you know you wrote fuck on your little name tag oh that's cute or like he'll like get like one or two lines like that or or there was one moment that i really liked where where blade saves the baby and then he like brings it up to his face and he goes uh coochie coo and it's yeah, like yeah it's real yeah and you want more yeah more exactly. coochie coo. and then i mean his next seven pictures after blade three mm. were direct to video man he like yeah he like single-handedly kept the serbian film industry alive and like we were talking years. seven <laughs> seconds the marksman chaos the detonator hard huh. luck the contractor the art of war two betrayal <laughs> there, uh, i i, I I want so badly for us to find like a gem. Yeah. That and, is like my biggest dream, my hope. Yeah. And, and it was right around here that things started, you know, toward his prison sentence. And then, you know, he did, he did 2015, he did Chirac uh, reuniting with Spike Lee, mm-hmm. which I think is a wonderful thing. And then Dolomite coming to America and hopefully more, more to come. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't know. Oh, he did some very funny stuff in what we do in the shadows. Oh know, yeah. Which we great. should, uh, as a blade episode, we should also bring that up. That he, yeah. That he does a little reprise and has a little fun on what we do in the shadows, the TV series. Oh one. yeah. He's but, the funniest comedy around. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to hope like, you know, maybe cast him as Whistler. Man. Would he, did, would he do it? I don't know. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, let's get him involved. Let's get him in. But, you know, this is a weird series. This is the way, folks, this is the way series used to work. <laughs> when it came to before the Lord of the Rings series, in which they started to run out of ideas and weird things <laughs> started to happen. Yeah, like the like, uh, the notion of any sort of canon sort of went out the wayside. <laughs> Continuity. Yeah. You know, I mean... As as anyone who is a horror movie fan, try tracking the continuity in like the Halloween series or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> series. It's a fun time because it's weird and it's crazy, and then it gets retconned, and then they do prequels, and then you know it's all over the place. Oh yeah, well, like was it Jason X? They go to space. Yeah, and I think that this is kind of what the DC people are trying to do by having multiple Jokers and shit like that. Like, but it's it's still too serious. Yeah. It's still too long. It's like, I don't know if I want to sit through a three-hour just stone-serious Batman movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I did. I've many times with Dark Knight Rises. But... Oh, that one's, no, but that's, like, good. Like, Nolan's, like, I don't know if, I mean, I like I like Matt Reeves a lot. I think he's an interesting director. Uh, Cloverfield was a cool movie. He's a talented uh, guy. I don't yeah. know if he's distinguished himself like Nolan I th- in the same, like, art like signature well the kind of way problem with he was like one of the first he's like what's happened to all he was like the prototype for what happened to all the uh 
guys who direct for Marvel now were like, he had like one movie that was kind of his movie. And then immediately it was like, you're in the seat. I guess he had two. He had like, let me, he did the remake of let the right one in. Yeah. Like immediately after that, it's like, you're in the sequel zone now. You're doing Dawn of the uh, Planet of the Apes. You're doing Rise of the Planet of the Apes. You're doing uh, Batman. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, times have changed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and these Blade movies really are kind of like such an interesting anomaly that probably will never happen again. Yeah. When, when, when you have a valuable, you know, quote unquote IP, mm-hmm. like, like, like these are. Yeah, they're not even going to like, yeah, I don't even see them. Yeah, that's all I, I I'm not, I can't have nothing yeah. to add. You're just right. You're they're not going to, they're, they're not going to be as fun. And I, you know, I think we should say no matter how much we talked about this movie, the movie wasn't boring. It was fun. Yeah, it was goofy. And like all the blades know, are fun. Yeah. Triple H, uh, I kind of, bu- I'm kind of bummed that he didn't get to have like a uh, Batista, the rock, like his own little, like, yeah. He was silly well, he, in this movie. He, he loves the business, the wrestling business. Mm. You know, he's an executive at WWE oh. now. Wow. So I always liked him. I always liked him. Um, he was a great heel. But, He's yeah. like, I, I, I get that from this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. He gives a lot of good, like him and his like inexplicably, like it's like he has like these like tight, I guess they're titanium because they can't be silver because that would kill him. Yeah. Uh, so I guess they're like titanium vampire teeth. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's fun. It was fun. There's like there's fun touches in this movie. It just seems like it was just a yeah tough show, as they say. As they say in the bits, tough show. Yeah, for sure. Oh, also great. Like if you're like nostalgic about um, see the thing I get nostalgic about is like weird technology from like the early two thousands. So much fun. Like if you want to see old iPods, Palm Pilots. uh, Oh, okay. We got a couple couple things too. Abigail Whistler's like one quirk is that she listens to music while she kills vampires. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, she loves she loves her MP3. MP3 uh, playlists. <laughs> she loves playlists. And then so when Whistler is being dispatched and he's destroying the computers, why on earth does he have like six different computers spread across this warehouse? <laughs> so fucking dumb it's like like do they all have the same stuff on them like what is happening where are you sending the data if you're blowing up the computer <laughs> i guess he sent it to natasha leone yeah maybe send it to wikileaks oh no oh no that's why <laughs> one of the night stalkers julian assange <laughs> Yeah, the original Night Stalker. In the original Night Stalker. <laughs> That's why he's in, uh, in London to get away from uh, all the all the Nosferatu's. <laughs> well, no, nobody believes him. You know, he put, put all that literature that he posted about vampires being real. Nobody buys it. Nobody, uh, the fool. Yeah, the fool. You know, and the yeah. Oh, yeah. The U.S. government's after him, and they, and it turns out they're all like show their wrists. They all have that tattoo. It's familiar. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. I'm looking at the Joe Biden's recent speech. What's that tattoo on his wrist? Oh my God. Oh no. <laughs> I'm a. I'm a all all four, all five Johns from Pod Save America. Oh my God. Put Julian Assange in one of those weird blood bags. I know. 
I like that bit though, the blood bag bit. I thought that was cool. That like that was a fun set design. Like, see, that was fun. I like it. It reminded me of the movie Daybreakers, which I thought is like a that's a great stupid. Uh, if you want to see a fun stupid vampire movie, that seems like a Lost Blade type oh, picture. Porsche. It is a hundred percent like um, it would have been a Blade IP. Oh, yeah, had, yeah. It, and it's like How uh, they used to make movies like what you know the one with Josh Hartnett, Thirty Days of Night. Another so uh, wild vampire one. Screen gems. Uh, they, you, screen gems used to put them all out. <laughs> you should do like a, you should have a, I know you do movie nights, Don. You should do like a vampire night with like vampire night. 30 days a night. And then maybe you end it with Blade Trinity. Yeah. Just Blade <laughs> Trinity though. Oh, no Blade 1 and 2. No, no, no. No, no. And like if you're new to the series, you're like, who is this old guy? I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, he's only in the movie for like yeah, he's, he's not even doesn't even make it to the fucking title sequence. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Chris Christopherson uh, has every reason to be pissed off. Yeah, uh, one one. I, I got know. out of bed for this blade. <laughs> oh god, damn it! <laughs> I thought we blade not our friends. That has been established. That is one of the established relationships of the Blade series. Oh uh, man, I read IRL. They're friends. Which That's is great. Rad. I want to hang out rad. with them. I want to. Yeah. Me too. Like, Wesley, if you're listening, let's let's you, me, Chris, Christopherson, Donald, we'll go to rest again, get some wings. Yeah, and we'll just shoot the breeze about like you know the world and history, and we can ask questions about the making of Boiling Point because I'm sure Chris has questions about. Oh yeah. Hey, I think Wesley probably has some questions about that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh <laughs> uh, man. So uh what do we uh what do you wanna what so, how do we... play Trinity? Yeah it's a movie. We enjoyed watching it. We had this wonderful little diversion episode next week. We are back for two more weeks to close out the first round of the Wesley Snipes bracket. Uh, it's a couple hot matchups on the horizon. The aforementioned Demolition Man versus Boiling Point, which we have a lot of thoughts on both those movies. We've already watched them. We're ready to go. Um, yeah. Might watch Boiling Point again just to. I think so too. Because like, like wrap my head around it a bit. Yeah, like is that, you know maybe it's closer than we think. Maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I mean, Red is just trying to make his way in this world. Yeah. Yes. Dennis Toffer's terrible die job. <laughs> and so, oh God, yeah, what an odd, what an odd uh, Tim and Eric esque character. Yeah. Very like, yeah. It's it's it, we well, there's a lot to discuss. And then the following week after that, we're doing Jungle Fever versus One Night Stand, a matchup I'm really excited about because I really want to see a little more grounded drama. Yeah, I, that's I'm, really- I'm, I'm after it. I'm I'm really stoked for that. Yeah, because it's like Spike. I've never seen Jungle Fever, and I love uh, love me some early Spike Lee, like early '90s Spike Lee. That's kind of like peak Lee, and uh, Vol- like Volpe Cup winner, One Night Stand. Like, yeah. I, why did it win a Volpe Cup? I'm so curious. I think the, probably the biggest like international award Wesley has won. Yeah, and it's is like- for this uh, outside of his black belts, of course. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, um, but. We're excited for those two. We've got some fun bonus episodes on the horizon as well. Um, wanted to tell listeners too, in the month of March, 
the Dawn approved movie Goodnight Dragon Inn is playing at the Los Feliz three like two or three times. So if uh, if I compelled you and you're in the Los Angeles area, check it out. It's it's uh, it's a, it's quite an experience. And uh, Patrick's going to be at the uh, five hour. Oh, yeah. Uh, happy hour uh, with the Hamaguchi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bring your bring your uh, donut. Uh, shaped uh, pillows, folks. Yeah. It's, a long, it's a long one. We're going to be there for a while. Get your- I, got, I guess the lesson learned is we love movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And I will, I will, I'll watch a five hour bad boy. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I liked it. I watched it at home. Um, but we'll see you next week with Demolition Man and Boiling Point, hopefully. If mm-hmm. not, um, We'll just call it right now. You'll probably be hearing about King of New York. (laughs) 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 Our substitute pick is King of New York. If we we get, you know, our guests are very busy, very talented people. So have a lot more to do. Yeah, yeah, our guest watched Boiling Point. It was like, I don't know, guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I spent more time on this bullshit. Yo, 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 it's the feast of the blood with sin, least the beast within, I walk around with the strength of a hundred men, two best to run before I count the ten, blood dripping from my canine like a fountain pen, it seems I've been asleep for a thousand years, the way my world has changed it brings me a thousand tears, prince of darkness, they walk through the rays of light, to this beat of vampire, I'm the prototype, the shape shift.